0: Welcome to the Sober Gay Guy podcast. My name is TJ and I have no idea what's going on, but I do know that I'm doing my best and that I'm feeling it all along the way. Join me and my friends and listen in on our sometimes serious, but most of the time ridiculous take on life and how we're trying to figure it all out along the way. Join me and my guests as we talk about addiction and recovery, our family, our kids. Uh, sometimes our other friends and the jerks on the road that we really want to just run over with our cars will laugh sometimes we'll cry most of the time it's just going to be fun so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee maybe a cold bubble water and join us and join in on the fun we're glad you're here we're all important In this episode, you're getting a very raw account of my emotions and thoughts just about 100 days after quitting drinking. In the days just following my sobriety, I experienced so much anxiety and uncertainty, I had no room for anything but counting the minutes. I was rebuilding trust with my son and husband and the alienation and solitude brought in by their fear of me and by COVID. I felt more alone than I had ever felt in my life. And when these words came through, it truly was an awakening for me. And it's when my healing began. One hundred plus days later, I gained clarity. I quit drinking July 10th, 2020. Here's my blog post entry dated October 20th, 2020. Dinner, drinks, and Superman. I hope you enjoy. It may never be clear. Just remember that phrase, it may never be clear. The truth is there simply isn't a rulebook or a list of directions out there for anyone to follow when they've chosen and in some cases been forced to become sober. The only clarity you may have is that this time may very well be your last chance to get clean. Like any addict I always felt like I had the upper hand in my addiction. I absolutely knew how to play the game. Well, at least I thought I knew how to play the game. It's a mix of sad and funny to think back on my drunken days. I was never going to be my dad, a painfully broken drunk that scared his kids and had stinky feet. Turns out I may have been worse. At least my dad played it straight. He was exactly the drunk he showed his kids and his wife. He never hit his drunken rages and certainly never stowed himself away in a spare bedroom or one of his kids' beds to innocently drift off. He carried that guilt the rest of his life, but Gary showed each of his colors to us, proud as a peacock, God rest his soul. I on the other hand, I created a character. A make-believe cast member in a make-believe 1950s TV show. We all have swords to fall on. Mine will be losing time, losing precious experiences and clouding priceless memories with my son and my bruised husband. I have managed in a very small period of time to almost completely alienate the dream that I had for myself. For better or for worse, it's my story, my nonfiction, and sharing it with you is my gift. I hope in some small way I can help you see through your shadows. I was a classy drunk. I drank white wine with fish and poultry. When I was alone, I drank it straight from the bottle. Classy for sure. Red wine was my best friend for several years. She and I had plenty of laughs together. It just so happened that she was weak sauce, and eventually, what started as two glasses in a matter of about a year, became three bottles a night. But I was classy. Vodka martinis had a certain allure. Filthy dirty was how I ordered them. Three ice cubes and three olives, please. Blue cheese, if you got them. Beer was reserved for football games, campfires and garage parties, and only the best German beer for me. You see, I was classy. Behind closed doors, what you didn't see was that if I started with a glass of wine at a party or a restaurant, I finished with three bottles of wine at a home behind closed doors. If I started with a martini, I finished with a bottle of cheap grape vodka in the basement and then hid the remnants deep in the cushions of the couch. Classy. Every night before 5 p.m. I would finish taking my Tylenol, which consisted of a bottle of wine or two glasses of water, code for straight vodka, which was just enough to take the pain away. If I had some extra unexpected time before the husband got home, I would literally stand in the back window of the office, staring at the garage, waiting for it to open, while drinking without looking at the bottle or the glass. The more I could swallow before he arrived, the better. I would always manage to get dinner ready and have the house all shiny and clean, you see. That's what sober people do. They clean and keep things tidy. Drunks are slobs and slovenly. Candles were lit, food was on the table and eaten in short order, because the sooner we could eat, the better to cover up the smell of my breath. Bedtime for my son was always my looking glass moment. One of many times in my day today that my conscience caught up with me. In retrospect, it was never so hard that I stopped, just hard enough to remind me how big of a piece of shit I was. You see. The drink always followed me into the bathroom for my boy's shower time. While he was safely showering away, I was taking the time to drink in private on the other side of the shower curtain. Anything I could do to keep the glass of wine or booze out of sight from my husband. It was after the shower that the heavy hidden guzzles would sink in, which was always the perfect time to usher my sweet boy to bed. That way, if I passed out, it wasn't because of the booze. It was because I was warm and cozy, with my sweet guy. Now here's something shitty. I devised a plan early on just how I wouldn't let my kid smell my drunk breath. I would tuck him in, making sure he was facing the wall, and then I would prop myself up in just a way so that once again my drunk breath wasn't going in his face. It occurred to me later that the main reason I always had a fan going in his room wasn't to keep him cool or to provide him with uh, white noise. It was because doing so would blow my drunk breath away from him. More on my drunken patterns later. Inevitably, I would fall asleep. Over time, my husband stopped waking me and let me sleep. It was better for him to let me sleep in there. That way, my snoring wouldn't wake him, and he could get a good night's rest. What I regret most about that pattern are a few things. One, in the last six years, my son never got the real data at bedtime. I always imagined I would be that parent that read Superman stories and talked till my boy would drift off. And I'm now left to wonder how many times I drifted off snoring, leaving him to fear me or wonder why I wouldn't wake up when he tried to stir me. Two, though it takes a team to create codependent dependent behavior, my husband is responsible for himself. How far did I push him away? to make it okay with him that falling asleep or passing out with our son was a better alternative than waking me and asking me to bed? And three, how did I manage to make drunk dinner every night without serving something charred or raw? Drunks will do everything in their power to keep up appearances and not give themselves away. No one is the exception. See you in the morning. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I can't promise that every episode will be a happy-go-lucky one like I want them to be. What I promise is that I will make a difference in someone's life with each one of them. If it means I cheer them up, or if it means I show them commonality, or even if it means I show them how low it can get to prevent them from going that low before they quit. I'm here to make a difference. We are all important. My name is TJ. I'm an alcoholic. I'm the sober gay guy. Thank you for listening. Before we move on to our episode, I wanted to take a minute to talk about Anchor. This podcast is sponsored by no one, but made possible by Anchor, a Spotify company. Anchor is a free podcast building platform that teaches you to create, distribute, and monetize your podcast for free. Anchor has built-in recording, uploading, and editing tools so that you can easily publish your episodes and then distribute your new podcast to the most popular podcast listening apps with the push of a button. Anchor believes everyone's stories can and should be heard, so they're giving creators around the world, from first-time podcasters like me, to pros, a wonderful, powerful platform to share their voices. So, if you're considering starting a podcast, check out Anchor.